This is Radio Parallax, a slightly different perspective from a slightly different view, with topics that include matters in science, technology, history, politics, current events, and whatever we damn well please. And now the host of Radio Parallax, Douglas Everett. Welcome to the program. As promised on last week's show, we will be speaking in our second segment today with award-winning science writer Thomas Goetz about his new book, The Remedy, Robert Koch, Arthur Conan Doyle, and the Quest to Cure Tuberculosis. And in our third segment today, we'll be speaking with our public affairs director here at KDVS, Chloe Lassard, about some exciting new programs here at the station and about things in general. We will not, on today's show, be speaking with Elizabeth Orpina, the California Aggie Editor-in-Chief, but you can bet in the weeks to come we will have Elizabeth back on to tell the incredible tale of what happened after that election that supposedly secured the Aggies' future. This uh, topsy-turvy sequence of events does not involve Jeb Bush and the Supreme Court of the United States, but uh, from what I can hear so far, it might as well have. We'll get to that next week. And later on this segment, we're going to hear from uh, our good pal, Mr. Will Durst, about the latest news on global warming. So you're not going to want to touch that dial. We like to start each program with On This Date in History, and today shows no exception. Our date today is the 10th of April. And it was on April 10th, in the year 1633, that bananas went on sale for the first time in England. This is at the shop of Thomas Johnson of Snow Hill, London. I'm Chiquita Banana and I've come to say Bananas have to ripen in a certain way And when they're flecked with brown and have a golden hue Bananas taste the best and are the best for you It was on April 10th in 1849 that New Yorker Walter Hunt patented the world's first practical safety pin. Kind of a nasty day in history. On April 10th in 1919, Emiliano Zapata, leader of peasants and in indigenous people who demanded land reform during the Mexican Revolution, got ambushed and killed by forces of the Morelos government, which kind of reminds us of what's going on in Mexico now. April 10th, 1932, at a second ballot, Paul von Hindenburg wins Germany's presidential election by an uncomfortably narrow margin having initially dismissed his main rival, Adolf Hitler, as that Bavarian corporal. April 10, 1941, German and Italian military forces in Yugoslavia set up a puppet regime, the independent state of Croatia, and placed fascist insurgents in control. The regime persecuted Serbs, Jews, and others during the war, murdering some 400,000 people. Yikes. Well, on a happier note, on April 10th in 1955, Jonas Salk successfully tested his polio vaccine. Salk's vaccine, which involved shots, was for quite a long time supplanted by Albert Sabin's oral polio vaccine. But since the oral vaccine contained a live but weakened virus, that didn't turn out so well in an age of immune suppression. And we've, to a large extent, gone back to what Jonas Salk originally came up with back in the 50s. Our quote of the day comes from Gloria Steinem, who once said, far too many people are looking for the right person instead of trying to be the right person. Our quote of the day comes from Shelley Berman, who said, trial by jury is something that every American believes in until it comes time for him to serve on a jury. 
Our jokes of the day come from the writers for Jimmy Fallon, who noted Hillary Clinton yesterday made some very strong remarks about the media. She said that the media treat powerful women with a double standard. Or as it got reported in most places, Hillary Clinton shows off sassy new haircut. And President Obama invited the U.S. Olympic team to the White House to congratulate them on their performance in Sochi. Of course, it got awkward when Vice President Biden told the bi-athletes, I won't rest until all you guys can get married. And lastly, I couldn't believe David Letterman's retirement plans. Neither could my parents. They said, well, guess I'll have to start watching you now. And yes, Radio Parallax is horrified to hear that David Letterman is planning to step down in 2015. Then again, what a run he has had. Our stat of the day is that with states decriminalizing marijuana and scaling back 1970s-era drug laws, admissions to state prisons have fallen from 689,000 in 2006 to 553,000 in 2012. New York State alone has shut down 24 prison facilities since 2011. And I think on next week's program, we'll talk a little bit about the, uh, the show business obituary for David Letterman's work. And also Mickey Rooney, whom we don't have time to do uh, justice for today in an obituary. But for our anecdote of the day, I would simply like to cite a joke that Mickey Rooney made about himself on a regular basis. Being the butt of many jokes for having been married no less than eight times, Mickey Rooney was fond of saying, My marriage license reads, To whom it may concern. I think at this point we should jump into the good, the bad, and the ugly. According to the Week magazine, it was a good week last week for whales with the news that the International Court of Justice has ordered Japan to stop killing whales in the Antarctic. Japan has been slaughtering, of course, thousands of minke and finback whales under a loophole in the 1986 whaling ban that allows some whaling for, quote, research, unquote. The court ruled that the Japanese program was commercial under the guise of science. Gee, do you think? The Japanese have said they're going to honor the ruling. We'll see. And by the way, we're still working on bringing our pal Mike Bana back to talk about uh, what's going on with his supposed culling of sharks off the coast of Western Australia. And, uh, well, just some things about sharks in general and, frankly, whatever the hell Mike wants to talk with us about. He's always an interesting guest. It was, on the other hand, a bad week last week for American democracy with the news that the Supreme Court has now opened the door to an influx of even more money into political campaigns by striking down limits to what wealthy donors can give to political candidates, parties, and committees. Before this ruling, individual donors could not exceed $123,000 donation limits directly to candidates and parties during the federal two-year election cycle. But in a sharply divided 5-4 to decision, which went along the party lines of who appointed which justice with the five all being Republican and the four all being Democrat. The Supreme Court's conservatives struck down the cap, saying it violated the First Amendment right to free speech. I guess this dovetails with their previous decision that corporations are people. So if they're people, they should have free speech rights, shouldn't they? 
Personally, I'm waiting for their ruling that they should pay taxes like the rest of us. And finally, it was an ugly week last week for the Ukrainian Navy. This one's an amazing one. After the Russian military seized control of the country's combat dolphin program, which had been based in Crimea, said a Ukrainian official, dolphins get used to the people they work with. It's not so easy for them to change allegiance. I hope this isn't like the same program that the CIA had years ago to train dolphins to basically blow up ships by attaching uh, explosive devices to them and teaching them to go ram ships on command. I think Mike Bonnet will know a little bit about that. We'll see. Here's an item from the Only in America file that we can't resist. Apparently the lawyer for a Las Vegas masseuse accused of stealing a client's Rolex and hiding it in her vagina says the watch was found illegally and should be barred from evidence. Christine Lefebvre, 25, was arrested after doctors removed the watch at a hospital. Her lawyer says the hospital staff improperly used, quote, equipment to conduct an invasive procedure, unquote. As you may know, we at Radio Parallax are unabashed admirers of the American judicial system. Hey, how'd this thing get there? And from the Only in Rome department, we have this item. Apparently, Pope Francis broke with centuries of precedent last week by publicly going to confession in St. Peter's Basilica. It was believed to be the first time a pope had ever been seen confessing to his own sins. I have to admit, we kind of like this pope. And from the Only in Romania file, we have this. A Romanian man went to the emergency room complaining of intense chest pain, admitting after questioning by doctors, he had in fact swallowed a metal fork to win a drunken bet with a friend. Radu Caliensescu, 25, was rushed for an x-ray, which revealed that a piece of cutlery was lodged in his esophagus. Doctors were hoping the fork would pass naturally through Caliensescu's body. (laughs) For his part, he said... I don't think I'll be taking part in any bets for a while. I do want to add that although I don't consider myself to be an expert at removing objects from the gastrointestinal tract, hoping the fork would pass from the esophagus into the stomach doesn't seem like a good plan to me. And in miscellaneous news, we want to note that on next week's program, we'll be citing early this year our horse's ass of the year. Now, sometimes in the program in the past, we have cited a jackass of the week, but we think that someone here locally has earned the right to be called the horse's ass of the year until someone else comes along over the next few months, perhaps to dethrone him. Stay tuned for that. We would like to note some exciting news in the world of astronomy. There will be next Tuesday, April 15th, a total eclipse of the moon, splendidly visible from our perch here in the western United States. And in what is a very peculiar coincidence, on that very same night, the Earth and Mars will be passing as close to one another as they will be for the next couple of years. Oddly enough, the Earth, Sun, and Mars lined up more perfectly on Tuesday of this week, but since Mars is moving closer to the Sun and the Earth is moving a little bit further from the Sun, it'll actually be Next week, that the two planets are at their closest point. And speaking of Mars, uh, the Curiosity rover, which has been uh, uh, hauling itself about in the Gale crater on the Martian surface, had something happen quite curious recently. It, It caught a mysterious glint of light, or so it seemed. 
This apparently set off the UFO crowd. And I think at this point, we'll just quote from some of the writings of Phil Plate, who was on this program some years back, uh, talking about uh, uh, bad astronomy. I think you told. I think we talked about uh, how the moon landings were not faked, among some other things. But uh, noted Phil Plate. Yesterday, the Houston Chronicle ran a story showing a picture from the Mars Curiosity rover, which has been exploring the fourth rock from the sun since August 2012. As the rover moves on the Martian surface, it deploys an arsenal of tools to examine its environment. That, of course, includes cameras. Many of the pictures are visually stunning, and some are plain old weird. Well, after all, they are shots of a landscape of an alien world. But some folks take the word alien a bit too metaphorically. In the Houston Chronicle article, the writer Carol Christian points out that one particular picture, shown above, depicts a spray of light that looks to be off in the distance. She wrote, quote, A NASA camera on Mars has captured what appears to be an artificial light emanating outward from the planet's surface, unquote, says Phil Plate. Right. Artificial. That's the first conclusion we should jump to. But then instead of asking any of a dozen scientists or science journalists who might actually be able to supply an answer, she just quotes the site she got the image from. UFO sightings daily. Yes, you read that right. The Houston Chronicle is repeating a story they found on a UFO conspiracy site. Anyway, to make a long story short, Phil dialed up his friend, Emily Lakdawalla, who we've been intending to get on this program, doggone it, for quite some time. She's a planetary uh, scientist and journalist, and she pointed out this is obviously a cosmic ray striking the camera, hitting the pixel, and causing an artifact. Why is Phil Plate and Emily uh, Lakdawalla so sure about this? Well, because it looks exactly like cosmic rays hitting other uh, equipment out in space, like the Hubble telescope. This is a common phenomenon. And, oh yeah, in the case of the Curiosity rover, it took two pictures at the same time of the same scene, and the spot only appears in one of the photographs. It seems pretty clear that Martians are not signaling the spacecraft from off in the distance. All right, and in, and in some follow-up over our discussion last week over uh, 212VP113, also known as Biden, the object a couple hundred kilometers across, which is orbiting way, way, way out in space, possibly a part of the Oort cloud. We have this item from New Scientist magazine. Uh, they're claiming that uh, X may not mark the spot in that NASA's WISE space telescope has found no evidence for planet X, a hypothetical body supposed to inhabit the outer reaches of the solar system. Scientists using WISE searched 10,000 times further than the distance from Earth to Sun, and so far, they have found what they describe as nothing larger than Saturn. Well, hello. <laughs> Saturn's a pretty big object. So this idea that something the size of the Earth or maybe even something between the size of Earth and Neptune lurking out there and shifting these bodies around there apparently is still in play. Uh, they note also on the plus side of this wise research, um, they've uncovered 3,500 new stars and brown dwarfs. It's cool stuff. All right, there's many other items I would like to touch upon today, but uh, we're a bit pressed for time with our extensive interview to follow here with um, Thomas Getz about the remedy. So um, let's go out with some words from our good pal, America's foremost political comic, Mr. Will Durst. Will 
Joel Durst here with a few choice words about global warming. The good news is, it's worse than we thought. Yeah, that's the good news. The bad news, you don't even want to know. Then there's worse news, and the holy moly, is that an asteroid the size of Rhode Island crashing into my house? News. After delivering a report describing how not only is global warming already here, but it's unpacked, sleeping on the couch, and drinking daddy's bourbon that he keeps hidden behind the wheat thins, the UN's Intergovernmental Panel on Climate Change threw up its hands and ran screaming from the room this week. Remember when they kept telling us that we had to do something soon, or all hell was going to break loose? Well, guess what? All hell is broken loose. And now we're going to have to learn to live with it. Seriously, that's, that's what they said. Their recommended strategy is change from stopping climate change to surviving it. Which means certain South Pacific islands might want to start building a big bunch of boats real soon. Europe should consider increasing their flood insurance coverage. The USA air conditioning market is going to skyrocket. And Australia might want to move. Now... It's not just rising sea levels and increased temperatures and more turbulent weather. They're also predicting violent conflicts over food and fresh water. So if you always wanted to live like Mad Max and a civilization spending most of its time fighting dogs for scraps, looks like you might have just gotten your wish. Hey, this could be fun. I want to be Tina Turner. Well, not dressed like a woman, but you know, you know what I mean. Never mind. For Radio Parallax, I'm Will Durst. Anyway, we need to take a short break. I'm Douglas Everett. You're listening to Radio Parallax. Stick around for a most interesting talk about... Of all things, an interface between the famed bacteriologist Robert Koch and Arthur Conan Doyle, the father of Sherlock Holmes. This is interesting. Don't go away. <laughs> 